everyone out there in podcast land. This is your host, Severin and Ambrosia. Back again for another episode of The Original Designated Drinkers, the podcast where we dive deep into drinking one libation at a time. Today's podcast is brought to you by, you tell us. Cider making. Cider making with our guest, Nick Mills. Nick, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks okay. for having me. And we go right here, correct? No. We go over here. Sorry, we're having a little bit of technical issues going on, but all good, all organic. That's what we like to do on a show where we talk about cider and organic drinks. And mm. No? Mm. We don't like that? I mean, we can talk about organic. Okay. Let's, 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 let's brush over it for half a second. I mean, fuck organic. Dang. That's how you feel? Yeah. There's no point. There's no reason. If you're taking care of your orchards and if you're taking care of your your vines and you're taking care of your agricultural products in the correct way, organic is a bullshit title. I'm with that. Organic just means that you paid extra money to get that label slapped on and it has nothing to do with your actual practices. Oh my God. You just see everyone's face in here. You just offended the world. Yeah, well, keep shopping at Whole Foods and supporting Jeff Bezos. Oh, what the? Oh my goodness. We're coming in hot. You're coming in hot. Jeff Bezos, whatever you want to (laughs) happen, make happen, because I'm trying to go to space too. Oh, he's not going to take you. Why not? I can be the first black guy on Amazon. Keep doing it. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll support you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're the best. Um, so with all that being said and all that organic talk that we got away out the front, let's introduce our guest, Nick Mills. How are you today, sir? You said you were great. I am. Um, so just give us a little bit about you. You're sitting here. You're hanging out with us. We're going to drink a little bit. Um, well, I just started back up in the industry where I'm selling cider. Okay. And, um, I used to work at a brewery way back in the day, so similar in, you know, uh, in some ways. But uh, I have not delved into cider too much, and I'm very excited to. Okay, so tell me real quick, what did you, you said a brewery. What brewery, if, if you, you don't have to mention the name, but, like, what kind of brewery, what did you do there before? Uh, it was Shoreline Brewery. They're out of Michigan City. Okay. Uh, I'll give them a plug there. Uh, we, I was a server bartender. Uh didn't get my hands in actually making it, but I, at the time, I did learn how to brew beers, and I, so I learned the process of making alcohol that way. Okay. Uh, so, I know some things might translate, and that's what I'm here to learn about how to make alcohol. Right, make so the, the, the whole reason that we're doing this, essentially, is because I train staff a lot. A lot. A lot. I spend a lot of time. And training staff a lot and you take yourself oh so serious so I'm, I'm just so serious i know so i'm here to like make knock you me down a few pegs light, lighten you up a little <laughs> bit no yeah. we, don't, we don't have to knock you down because we like where you're at we like your stature we we appreciate that but we're we gonna have some fun that's what we're here to do right that's what we are we are here to do but also what i found myself doing recently sev yes is when somebody asks me a question about something that we've already covered in a topic yes I say, listen, listen to, to the, the podcast. podcast. Yes. And so I did this the other night when Nick was coming here to uh, to check out Chicago to see if this is where uh, he wanted to land for a little while from Mason City, Iowa. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody said to me while we were, we were standing there at a packed bar, 
what, what do you mean about Malort? And I said, oh, well, listen to my podcast. And she said, well, I don't have to listen to my your podcast. You're right here. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not getting paid. So. Oh, you're such a G. Oh, my goodness. I can tell you had a super day today because you just <laughs> on one. I'm with it. I've gotten that same treatment, too. I'm, I'm with it. Exactly. That's I'm, why I'm told I got to wait for my official training or wait to be on the podcast, and then, and then I'll find out. <laughs> That's why you're here. And so today we're going to do cider making. We're going to cover a little bit of what Nick gets trained in. In hopes that I could just say, listen to the podcast. Um, I don't know anything about anything about anything. That's my role on the show is to make it a little translatable for the layman um, that doesn't know anything. Ambrosia knows everything. That's not true. She knows way more than their average bear. But the point is, that's kind of the yin and the yang. That's that's kind of how the show flows. So. I don't know much, and I'm very curious. So, and Ambrosia has answers to virtually everything. I'm still trying to stump her. That's really why I'm asking all these questions, because I'm really trying to stump her. I guess I let the secret out. But, um, Nick, back to you real quick. So, you say you moved back to the area. Um, where were you from originally? Originally, Portage, Indiana, where I grew up. Okay. Uh, I was working at a casino in Michigan City, and moved with them out to Iowa, and I uh, was out in Iowa for almost seven years mm-hmm. uh, is that a casino so similar customer service and that's how i fell back into it you know okay. uh so to say and yeah here we are well what brought you to chicago uh i'm gonna be honest mostly ambrosia talking me into it oh that's uh, sweet yeah i had the opportunity to work and work with the northman okay and yeah so that's what i'm doing now still trying to figure out what i want to do when i grow up but I'm For now, that. I'm enjoying it. Well, speaking of growing up, you have a <laughs> glorious mustache. That is like the fireman special. Like, there's a reason. It's a history behind everything, and it's even a history behind that mustache. We just did an episode with my buddy and his father that they both had the same name. And I'm going to have to look back at them. But you guys used to have a mustache to kind of filter out the smoke. Is that right? Uh, I'm sorry. Mustache to filter out the smoke. That's what you use your mustache for, see? So you, if you want to grow up and be a fireman, hey, we got room. Uh, my resume is right out. here, so I, we'll talk. I'm I just might. saying. You just show up with that. <laughs> Nick, I think you could be a good fireman. I think you could do it. Yeah. I, th- I think you could, too. I, I think I think I would have to have, uh, I, you know, it would just be, it'd be an adjustment. And I think that you okay. definitely, I, I respect okay. you for that because I'm... I, I want to help people, but it's just like I, I think you guys are on a different level with that. Just jumping into it, with being willing to help, no matter the, no matter what you're getting paid, no matter how slow somebody else might be with their <laughs> work ethic, so yeah, to say. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So we we won't turn the drinking show into the fire show. So <laughs> but we not, won't. But shout out to me. Fire and Iron and uh, Department Three C and Chicago's Bravest. Absolutely. But, thank you. Thank because you. Because we love that house. We we, we love all, we love all of them. Thank you. Okay, uh, so but the fun fact. Nick. So oh, Nick, Nick uh, on his drive here mm-hmm. from Iowa, listened to our podcast in full at the time. Yes, um, the cider one, right? All of them. All of them. Oh, okay. He yeah. spent his drive from Mason City, Iowa, so, to Chicago, listening to all of our podcasts. Quick question, and please, it's be, open bottle. Please be yes. It's, please be as brutally honest as possible. Um, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I very much did. Um, something I'm learning about. So, you know, everything about a lot of stuff about drinking, a lot of stuff I learned. And and I, it, I think you two are very enjoyable uh, to listen to. 
Yeah. It's always an open bottle quiz. It's never. Yeah, it's, al- it's always an open bottle quiz. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, we're going to get into the drinks and start talking about what we're tasting today. So, Ambrosia, please give us an introduction to our libation for today. So, the first was well, cider, cider making. So, the first one that we've done today is this is Eden. Eden is out of Vermont. Uh, northern Vermont, right next to the uh, Canadian border. And Sev, I would love, I, I kind of brought this because I really want you to read this can. Okay, that's, that's, that's my, that's, that's that's my specialty. This. Okay, Harvest, well, let me describe the can. It's a regular 6.2, oh no, I'm sorry, 12 ounce can, um, 6.2 alcohol by volume. Harvest cider, deep cut, nothing but apples. Eden. Eden Specialty Ciders established 2007. Our mission is to support local orchards by fermenting flavorful and delicious ciders from rare heirloom and tannic apple varieties. Apple apple varieties grown for cider, Golden Russet, Somerset Red Streak, Dambit, Yarlington, Dabinet, okay, sorry, Yarlington Mill, (laughs) Macintosh Empire. 100% 100% locally and sustainably grown at Eden Orchards, Poverty Lane Orchards, Scott Farm, Sunrise Orchards, and Windfall Orchard. Taste, perfect apple dryness. Perfect, really? Okay, I'll be the judge of that. If we will be the judge. Um, ripe apples, beautifully balanced with acid and tannin, dry and refreshing. It's all the way at the left part of the dry to sweet scale. Um, Press once a year at harvest. Um, Zero grams of residual sugar. Five grams of malic acidity. Medium tannin, carbonated and pasteurized. No sugar, color, flavoring, or preservatives. Naturally gluten-free and vegan. Learn more about Harvest Cider at EatonCiders.com backslash harvest dash cider dash cans that's very hard for people to remember but i'll say it again um after follow us on facebook twitter nig all at eden e-d-e-n ciders c-i-d-e-r-s one word um beautiful that's it Beautiful can. Yep. Beautiful can. Look like a bunch of golden russets on there. Oh. No. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Those aren't golden russets. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, I'm already failing the open I open know, can I'm salty test today. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Now it's very cloudy. Mm. Um, but you know I'm just describing. It's very dry. I love your tasting notes. I I drink it again. Well, I was going to get into more, but I was giving Nick a chance to... to I was just waiting. Okay. <laughs> Nick. Oh, he, he just wants to not be on the hot seat. So All right. Oh. What do you, how do you, uh, how do you, what are your tasting notes on this? Tastes like dry apples. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I like mean, dry I know that's, that's simply put, but um, it's dry. I, I don't have descriptors for cider. I, I, that's fair. It's, and we'll, it's get, we'll get into that. something that I've done a whole lot of. Now, beer, on the other hand, I, I can hang a little with that, I think. This tastes like dry apples, literally. I mean, we talked about the tannin in one of our other episodes. Um, we have a couple of in-studio guests. We're going to give them a taste as well. 
Um, it tastes, yeah, like a dry apple. It takes like you know how you think of an apple and you bite into it and it's juicy and this tastes like like a dehydrated apple. Yes, yeah, it tastes like you eating jerky, apple jerky. Apple jerky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Came up with a new tasting note. I'm in. That's what I do. Uh, for me, I get a lot of pineapple. Pineapple? No, I didn't get any pineapple. That's fair. That's fine. Okay. I think I associate pineapple with really sweet, which is why I'm not, like... I agree. Anytime I've had pineapple, it's in the form of a very... It's usually a sweet drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just I just did a cider class uh, with the Cider Psalms. Shout out to Cider Psalms. Uh, and I explained the difference between fruity and sweet. And a lot of folks don't understand the difference between fruity and sweet. If you smell something that smells like cinnamon, which we've been into before. Yes. Or if you smell something that smells like apple pie. Yes. Your brain automatically thinks it's sweet. But this is bone dry. Yeah. So I'm getting, I'm getting a ton of tropical fruit. Wow. Pineapples, I think mango. Mango. But like dried mango, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I eat quite a bit of that. Love it. Mm-hmm. I'm still uh, apple jerky, but apple jerky. With that being said, I don't want to make it seem like I don't like it. It's good. I like the dry. Um, I would definitely have this again. I would order this on purpose. On purpose, I yes. love it. All right, because you, you know dev- how sometimes you order stuff. Well, me especially, I order stuff and. They say, you want a taste? I'm like, no, just give me the whole thing. And then I drink it. I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> but I drink push it anyway. my way through it and drink it anyway. Because then it's so bad sometimes that I remember I never want to taste oh that ever Oh, my God. Again. Okay, so I got to real quick. Yes. So I went to the Cubs game last week, and mm-hmm. I'm going tomorrow. Sports ball. You're so proud of me. Sports ball. Will you say that you're proud of me? No, because the Cubs beat the Indians in oh 2016 in the World Series, and I'm still but the not game I went to that. the game I went to. They've scored seven innings on the no, no, no. first. No, 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 you can't score. You can't score an inning. <laughs> they scored the, seven the, points. Their runs, runs. No, 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 runs. You can't. Score they points. scored seven runs in the first <laughs> inning. Sports ball. Let's go, dude. It was. Horrible. So anyway, we're getting our asses kicked. Uh-huh. Just to translate to a non-sports ball. Okay. We were getting our asses kicked, and it was probably like 95 degrees with probably 100% humidity. And me and Melanie were sitting there, and we're like, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. This is disgusting, but we're going to stay here because we want to see how this is going to play out. Yeah. So the guy comes around with, uh, like, uh, the the alcohols. Yeah. And he had drinks. pouches of cocktails. And so oh, we're just like pretty awesome. Frozen cocktail. Frozen. Yeah, we're in. We're in. Yeah, we're in. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. fucking hot. Let's go. So we ordered a red and a blue. She got the red. I got the blue. Mine was molded. Ooh, that's not good. I drank the whole thing. <gasps> it was so hot. I didn't care. I was like, this was twenty dollars, and I don't care because it was so hot. And you're still here to to, to give this I story. I can drink mold, dude. Do you see what I drank? I drank for a living. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, not a st- drinking, I'm, a tank. I'm not drinking mold. I'm a tank. I am not. I am a... I did it, and I'm fine. I got cooled down a little bit, and the Cubs still lost. So I'm going tomorrow, so wish me luck. I am a sack of balls, because you can't say you're the other word. 
exactly. It's inside, exactly. and then you punch it, and it might hurt for a little while. Uh-uh, but, no, yeah, I mean, I can but like balls, if you kick them in mm-hmm. balls, they're gonna real hurt. sensitive. So yeah, I'm that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've learned. All right, should we dive in to cider making? Oh, we doing cider? Oh, I thought we were just doing tasting. No, we're doing cider making. Okay, keep going. All right. Oh, it's education day. I forgot. Oh, open are you, are you open can test. Open, open can test. Nick, it's all on you. Let's all go. Right. All right. Cider making. So, here I am to explain to you cider making. Please interrupt in any way. In oh, any way. Oh, we will. Don't worry. In any shape or form. So, the first thing I'm going to start out with is that we have a basic equation. This basic equation breaks down every single part about fermentation. Every single part. Yeast plus sugar equals CO2, which is carbon dioxide, and alcohol, which is ethanol. Do you need oxygen in that as well? No. So yeast and sugar always, even without oxygen, will make alcohol? Yes. Okay. And CO2. That was a question I had because I know that on one hand you can... Oxidization we will get into later, but yes. Okay. It, it is not necessary. Well, because is, isn't vinegar the same formula, but uh, without... Acetab- uh, that's acetobacter. Okay. It's I'd what? Acetobacter. So, explain. Vinegar is a process that takes any sort of fruit that turns it into vinegar by the bacteria acetobacter, which I'll get into a little bit later. Is that the mother? That's also different, which I will get into later. Okay. I love it. You guys are like primed and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got yeast that eats sugar and turns it into CO2 and ethanol. And that's it. We're done. And then we have cider. No, I'm joking. Okay. So we've got three different things that humans do to turn any sort of agricultural product into alcohol. We have grain, vegetable, and fruit. Grain and vegetable need to be heated because the sugars that exist in grain and vegetable are actually a complex carbohydrate. Those complex carbohydrates can't be broken down by the yeast to be readily consumed in order to turn them into CO2 and alcohol. So they require a heating process. So beer is brewed, vegetables are heated. So in fermentation, we have polke. Polke is the fermented product from agave. And we have beer from grain. We have sake from grain. These are all coming from a heating process. With wine and cider, it's fructose. And fructose is small enough that the yeast can actually just get in there and do its job no matter what. So if you take a jug of fresh cider home from the cider mill in the fall and you put it in your fridge and you forget about it, that jug will be inflated. It blows up. Yeah. Yeah. That's CO2. Does it get alcohol Oh, yeah, that's alcohol. Oh, man, I'm cheating for next year. I'm going to make my own. I'm going to call it Sebi Brew. There it is. You don't have to do anything to it. <laughs> and, and in prisons, all you have to do is take fruit and let yeast eat it, and it turns it into CO2 and ethanol. And you have to put it in the toilet. I mean, that's the biggest vessel that they have a lot of the times. Unless because they there's can, no booze without toilet booze. That's not true. I'm just joking. Sorry. Serious. I know. Chill out, little dude. So serious. I know. All right. So we've got that. So we've got cider. Cool. Pass me a bottle of something. (laughs) I don't care. That's like I can't deal with this serious dude. Uh, Calvados? No. Um, The finish that nearest. All the way down. 
So while she's going on to fetch me um, the last of what we have here, I don't, uh, like you said, that's the, the one of the biggest vessels is when they're making booze in prison and everything. And shout out to prison booze. I'm with that. Shout out. Because they, you know, you got to do something. It's just in bad shape. You know, you got to gotta get your life together. But with as much booze as I consume, you think I'd be more hard. What do they? What do they use most? Like, don't they use grapes? Or what did it? What? Ketchup. Okay, thank you very much. That's that was my next question because clearly I've never been to real jail. So, um, ketchup, the packets or a bottle? Uh, it depends on the prison. Okay. So the other question I have is: we were talking about vinegar. Isn't vinegar kind of up the same alley as ketchup? No. Vinegar, well, ketchup has sugar in it already. And we're digressing a lot. Just a little bit. I, uh, I just okay. want to talk so, about yes, that. Yes, so ketchup has readily fermentable sugars in it because okay. it does have tomato juice in it or tomato paste in it. Okay. Uh, but it does have vinegar, and that is what separates ketchup from tomato paste. Okay. Got it. All right. Sorry. Back on, back on topic. I mean, we could do a whole one on no, prison No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. You know what? We can do a whole episode on prison booze. I'm in. We will. I'm in. Just for the listeners. I would love to. Hey, y'all just let us know what y'all want to hear about. Okay, keep yeah. going. I'm sorry. Right. So, cider made from apples. Uh, so, it comes not from... tomatoes. Not tomatoes. But you could ferment tomatoes. Okay. Eventually. They're not too acidic. Well, you have to add sugar to them. It gets a little more complicated than that. So, with apples. I feel like, I'm sorry, this is the last thing. <laughs> this is the last thing for now, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm and, in. And I, and I, I'm really, in. I'm I in. really hope the listeners appreciate the stuff that I'm trying to portray. But I feel like me and Nick are on the page of we just want to make alcohol out of anything. And then taste it because I instantly thought of. I'm in the same boat. Well, you can do it for us. We come up with the idea. You can make it for I mean, us, and then it's probably going to be disgusting. Not that you make disgusting stuff, but tomato booze, I mean, like Bloody Marys. People barely even like those. That's not. I, that, it's not made from tomatoes though. That's made with vodka. Ambrose, well, remember when I told part. you about the corn cob wine? The guy made oh, wine yeah. out of corn cob. Yeah. In Iowa. Not the corn, the corn cob. Not the corn, the cob. Yes. Iowa shit. That's I'm, my Iowa in shit. Iowa. Right there. I'm out. I was so close. I was going to get a bottle. I would taste I it. I wanted though. it. I was about to say, I would taste it. Now. And then COVID happened, and then I, I just didn't think to reach out to him. But it, it, he, and he, he would bring it to like the state fair because that's a big thing out of that way. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the most wine. obscure vegetable. What about bok choy booze? I don't know if bok choy has enough sugar. So it would just be bitter, right? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't ferment. even turn. It wouldn't turn. Right. So we okay. need so yeast you know to what? eat sugar to turn it into CO2 and alcohol. And that's what I was about to say. That's how we can remember this and that's how this can be a great portion of cider school cuz they can be like that idiot on there doesn't know anything about anything. At least I know that. That's what the that's what the people can say. So that's not, yeah, 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 you're right. All right, so apple fermentation <laughs> starts with the harvest. 
Harvest is very important. We're about to come up on harvest. Harvest is happening in the next two weeks uh, for the early starting apples. And harvest will last from, depending on your region, it'll last from the beginning of August to the end of December. Depending on the climate, right now climate change is kicking our fucking asses. And uh, it's all gonna be dependent on harvest. So with harvest, we have two schools of thought. In the US, we harvest from the trees. Everywhere else, they harvest from the ground. Because when apples become ripe, they actually drop. So it makes sense to harvest them once they're fully ripe and pick them up off the ground. And in most places, they have these amazing machines that will come down and like a hoover, like suck them up and put them into the bin behind them. But in the US, we have to hire immigrant workers to pick them off of the trees and actually produce what we're doing insider. After harvest, we go through a cleaning process because if it's on the ground, then you want it to be cleaned up. If it's not from the ground, you still want it to be cleaned up. It's ugly fruit, but once it's cleaned, then we go into the crushing period. Now with crushing apples, it's a lot different than wine because with wine, you have to sort out the stems and the seeds. With apples, I like to say that apples are more Midwestern and Mm -hmm. the grapes are more from the coasts. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Apples, you could really use the whole part of them, and you have to really work at them to get to the core of them, pun intended. On the coasts, you just have to, like, make them pretty, and then they'll just burst at the sight of you. Yeah. So, that's on the coast. We're talking about the West Coast, right? Any of them. Because I was going to ask another layman, not the brightest question. East Coast got grapes? Yes. Are they specific or special? Yes. Okay. Can we yeah. talk about them? Uh, yeah. The Finger Lakes have a ton of grapes. A lot of Finger Lakes. It's the Finger Lakes that are that are really uh, revolutionizing wine production right now. And then down in Virginia. We talked about that before. So, yes, I remember now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. More cider. But we're Midwestern. So, when you were crushing, we crushed the entire fruit. Uh, we can do it with a an apple crush we can do it with i've i've seen it done with an actual wood chipper where you could just throw the apples into the wood chipper i've seen that and get them all we talked about this before as well yeah with brian's episode yes yeah uh you can do it with a juicer any way to get the the particles all broken down and get them ready now after crushing you go into pressing and there are multiple ways to press so what you do is you take the mush and you put it between two things and Push, push it, it. That's essentially it. You've got basket presses. You've got uh, balloon press or balloon presses, <laughs> bladder presses, mm-hmm. uh, commercial presses. And essentially what they all do is they separate the particles from the juice. Now, from there, we call the juice the must, M-U-S-T, and we call the solids pumice, P-O-M-M-A-C-E. And that is universal with cider as well as with wine. We call them both the same thing. So we've got the must and the pumice. The pumice is given off to the livestock or to compost, and then the must is what we work with. I'm just telling everybody in the room it's going to be a test after this is over. It's It's an open open bottle, bottle. but it's still going to be a test. Telling everybody. So do you have any questions up until the present? Um, Not particularly. Uh, One, and it might be getting ahead of things, but you said with grapes, before they press them, they take off the stuff that they don't want. 
even yes. press, but then they still end up with a separation of the pumice and the must. Yes. So my question with apples, are you going to get a, a very different product if you were to take up, take the stem, the seeds, and skin, and uh, then just press that? Is it going to be a how vastly different of a product are we talking? Because that sounds like a lot of work, and but is is that going to give you a very different or or because you're separating it anyway and leaving out the pumice? Correct me if I'm yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember everything for the quiz later. Yeah. Yep. No, so. you, you will actually be quizzed. Sevalon, but you will actually be quizzed. Oh, yeah. As an employee. But so, <laughs> um, no, so that's a great question because we do have differences in the rate that you press, uh, what you leave on, and what you give up. And so with wine, you do have the removal of the seeds and the stems in a production that would like to focus on that. In cider, we have something that we call peel and core versus whole apple. And nothing else happens besides that because the apple industry is 2% of alcohol production. So we're not going to actually just do flush. That's never going to happen. But in no, larger... No, no, no. Never say never say never because I'm trying to think of this obscure drinks that we can have. If I come over and peel like all these apples and then we make apple pie we make apple sauce we make apple jelly we make apple that's all i can think of mm-hmm. but i want to take these skins and i want to taste something made out of just skins and that's possibly possibly stems right right so that's peel and core so, so i, peel I feel and like core the question th- he was asking was we peel and we core and then we just got this apple. But you're saying never it's never going to happen because apples are only 5% of the industry. I want the most obscure drink ever. Is that possible for me to have if I put in the work? If you got Jay-Z money. No, no, no. No, you got to get Jay-Z money. Just I want to do the work. Hold on. Or, or, or Bezos money, but I think we already said... Some stuff he's probably not going to support. Yeah, he's probably not going. He's probably not with us. All right, let me let me break it down. I got it. All right, so we've got the full apple. Yes. And so what we're doing is when we're in a production facility. Yes. These apples are being produced for certain reasons. If the apples are getting peeled and cored, those flesh are going to McDonald's. They're going to Sarah Lee. Yep. They're going to larger companies that are going to use that flesh for a specific person. Hold on. Now, or, I think, or a specific company. I think I'm missing out on one part because you said use that flesh. Are, are we talking about the peels or are we talking about the apple itself? So, the, so when you look at an apple, you have the outside, which is the peel. Yes. Then you have the inside, which is the flesh. And okay. then inside that is the core. Gotcha. So if you're going to break down that apple, the flesh is actually going to be used to a, a higher production value, which is going to be more valued and you're going to get more money for than fermenting with something like McDonald's or Sara Lee, which often happens. But everything that's left over from that is called peel and core. And those are, okay, so peel and core goes for about 70 cents a gallon to a buck 50 a gallon for the peel and core, for Uh the juice that comes off of that. Uh For the whole apple, you're looking at anywhere from $3.50 to $15.50 for the whole apple. Okay. No one's doing just the flesh. Gotcha. I understand now. I'm I misunderstood. Thank you. And see, I'm sure somebody who isn't 
up on all of this had the same question. They say there are no stupid questions. There, in fact, are stupid questions. No, there's and no stupid questions. No, that was that was one of them. No, it wasn't. Go ahead. No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens to the rest of this podcast, because I think there might be stupid questions coming up. We're, we're going to keep going. So, after you press, uh, you're left with the must and uh, your... Pumice. And the pumice. Yes. Nick's ready for his next one. I was um, so after the pressing, we are no longer concerned with the pumice. We have the, the must. After that, you have to talk about the measurements and, and the things that are going on in what you have there in the must. So we measure levels of nutrition, so nitrogen levels. We measure the acid levels. We measure the tannin levels. We measure... Uh, how much uh, uh, sweetness there is, how much sugar there is. Mm-hmm. Some folks use OG, um, which is actually original gravity, but a lot of other folks use bricks, which is another way to measure sugar. Yeah. And you take all your measurements, and then you decide what you're going to do with your cider past that. Okay. And so after that, it's really up to the cider maker to understand why they want to make what they're making. Okay. And each cider is different. For a producer like Eden... I imagine that Eden would want to represent the fruit in yes. the most wholesome way that they can. That's what it seems like by the um, can, because it they it seems like they give each fruit, each orchard, their shine. Like, hey, we get this from here, this from here, this from here. This is what this tastes like. This is what this tastes like to make this wonderful product. So I like, I appreciate them for that. But there's also another way to do it. It's a it's a quick fermentation to not just highlight the apple and maybe not even highlight the apple, but to do it quick and to do it a little bit warmer to get the alcohol out so that you can mix it with things like habanero and mango. Okay. Mix it with blueberries. Yeah. Mix it with, I mean, pecan and cinnamon. Ooh. You've had a bunch of cider combinations. Apple, of apple cider pie. Exactly. I'm with it. You don't really need to get the apples out and shining if you're going to mix it with a bunch of other things. So there's a couple different ways to go about it. Okay. I like so you it. decide what you're going to do. After you decide what you do, you can do a thing called chapitalization. Chapitalization is the addition of sugar before fermentation. And if you add sugar before fermentation, what does that do to the fermentation? I would assume it makes more alcohol. That's it. That's exactly it. So if you want a higher ABV, you add sugar before fermentation so that the yeast can eat the sugar and produce a higher fermentation. This happens often with macro ciders. So what they do is they buy concentrate and they capitalize it, ferment it up to 15%, and then you can water it down to Let about a third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then add That's how you get that 5% it. and that 4.5. Okay. And you have three times the amount of product for a third of less the cost. Boo. That's why we don't like macros, right? I mean, I'm not saying anything about them. You're not saying That's the... That's it's a, just a different thing. way to do it. No, no, no. I appreciate that because usually you bomb on everybody. You are like the United States of America. You just come through and... When cider, I'm Switzerland. <laughs> At least publicly. Um... I don't believe that. Only publicly. Like I said, you just now we had the organic conversation at the beginning of the episode. That's not cider. That's life. That's just bullshit. Okay. 
So point is, you you stand on your grounds. I'm with it. That's that's why we're. But friends. when it comes to cider, I'm Switzerland, especially when I'm educating about cider. Okay. Because you know what? That's the best way for people to pick up and understand and obtain what you're putting down. So I'm with it. Awesome. So after you take all your measurements, you have, an, you have, an, you have another option. Uh, you can sulfite. Sulfites, what they do essentially is they make... So yeast is on everything. Bacteria and yeast is everywhere in this room right now. It's on our skin. It's in our mustaches. <laughs> and uh, there's actually a brewery that used like a beer yeast to produce a beer one time. Um, we but, talked about that before. Too. Yeah. Uh, so it's everywhere. And so what sulfites do is that sulfites just make everything a little bit sleepy. They just make the bacteria and the yeasts that are already in there. They just make them just like calm down just a little bit. And it's great. It's a great tool to use. So we have things, we have cider makers that are purists that won't use sulfites whatsoever. And they just go full-blown wild fermentation and let the bacteria and the yeasts that are already there do their job. Then we have a, a hybrid that will add some amount of sulfites and allow the yeasts and the bacteria to there do their jobs, but they calm them down a bit. They have a little bit more control. And then you have... Uh, the inoculation group that will sulfite it so much that they can add a yeast strain of their own desire. And once you can add a bio load of yeast strain in there that you know what that yeast strain is going to do and how they react, what it'll do is actually take over. And then you have more of an idea of what your product is going to end up being. And this is usually a white wine or a champagne yeast that they'll do this with. So, okay. You said they add a specific yeast so they know they could have a specific product. Mm-hmm. And, and the consi- so, so they're going for consistency in that. In yep. That. So, so this is something that I can relate a little bit to and have some questions on. So, uh, so there are different yeast strains, and I- even in cider. So if you're not going to incorporate your own, you're relying on a, essentially a wild yeast mm-hmm. to do whatever. So from... So let's so let's use the example of the one that we tried, Eden Deep Cut. Now, is is that from year to year? Now that's no sulfites in that one. My, uh, she's sulfiting and oh. she's an inoculating as well. Oh, okay, okay. My my question was going to be more for one that would be a purist. So from year to year, even with the same exact apples, you're going to have a different product if you're not uh, controlling that. Yeah. If you're not controlling the yeast, if you're not sulfiting. Yeah. That, yeah, and so that, that brings us to the next okay. cider. That brings us to the next cider. Okay. And that's what I want you guys to hear. We're organic, but somebody, <laughs> doesn't, somebody doesn't like organic. I just wanted you to hear organic sound. Oh, come on. You know I'm talking about the government label. I know. So the next cider that we're going to bring up uh, is it, it talks to your point tremendously. So this is Guruzeta. It's a, from the Basque region. The Basque region straddles uh, Spain and France. And this is the first time, or at least one of the first times, that I've ever seen a Basque producer produce in a can, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and before I pour it, because it's a very specific pour, Sev, can you read this can? Ooh. I would have read it before. Get your, I get your it. Bosque accent out. Okay. Okay, so I'm reading. This is a silver, regular 12 ounce can. 6% alcohol by volume. Sag. Sag. Uh, Sagadora? How do you say that? Sagadora. Sagadora. Mm-hmm. 
Sedera Natural Gritza. 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 Original Bosque Cider. Product of Spain. And we had some other um, products of Spain in here. So all the way around, this, this, this can is beautiful. Um, it has a nice picture on the front. We turned it to the other side. It's a black tree. Gorniac. Segura, Gorniac, Cedrus, Selectus, unfiltered and unpasteurized with natural yeast sediment on the bottom. Pouring whole can well above glass and use an aggressive pour. Let the cider splash into the glass to allow for natural carbonation. Serve at 50 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that's Where it. have you seen that before of asking us to do it at a specific temperature? Cider from the sky. It's Skyder. Skyder. That's what I... It is I, Skyder. Yep. The, I... I brought this for you, Seth. I feel like I made that up. You did. Okay. You so. you own Skyder. So, Spanish Uh-oh. cider... Spanish cider has real quick, to be thrown... Real quick. Just one second. Department 3C. We trademark stuff. I'm going home, and I'm trademarking Skyder today. Right now. Right now. This can't even come out. So, like, when you hear this... Scatter's already taken. Just letting you know. <laughs> so at the original Northman, we used to pour Spanish cider properly. And we actually had a designation from the Spanish government saying that we were pouring it properly. And uh, Spanish cider has to be thrown from a long distance in order to give the cider life. Ooh, I love thrown. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds life. Cider throwing. I'm picturing this, you know, being like, 12 feet in the air pouring it into something uh, is that like it, it sounds way more serious but you're just talking like we'll get into it but you just gotta hold up a no, little no, bit. No, we no. have a video of it you, like throwing it yeah you yes, throw it from an exaggerated it. distance you throw it from an exaggerated distance and we at the northman we poured it from and that's proper yeah that's proper yes. nah you guys are messing with me no, no from the sky no we've got video like not even not even joking this cider would come from like 16 feet up. You couldn't even dunk on a trampoline to get this cider. Mm-hmm. And do we have that much space in here? No, not we're not. Here. We're gonna do a small. We're gonna do a small pour here. I actually took a, a towel to make sure that we could execute this without messing up the studio. So it is going to be a small pour, but uh, we're still gonna do it. So what it does is, once I pour it, the couline is meant to be sipped continuously but completely. So I'm just going to pour you a little bit, and you're going to drink the whole thing. Yep. You got to do a shot. It's, it's, it's. And you got to give taste notes off of it, Nick. Look at that. So this is a wild fermentation. Thank you. And she literally, not figuratively, threw it in the glass. She threw it in her glass, the last, the best. It takes practice. I feel kind of cheated. I can do you again. One so, more thank you. Tasting notes. Tasting notes. I'm going to let you guys go first. I mean, I can't go first. No. Nick, on you, player. Um... It's, I, 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 the word that's going to pop in my head is going to be, it's got like an earthiness. It's a, it's a, and, I, and with some wild yeast for beer, I kind of remember that a bit. 
this is a common thing that we run into with uh, folks that come from the beer world into the cider world. They often will use the word Brett to describe this, which is not the case at all. Right. And um, it's, it's, it's just for lack of, of uh, communication on the cider end. But beer drinkers tend to love this one. Sev, acidic. My mouth is very dry now after this one, too, though. Those it's tannins. tannins. Uh, that would be tannins. Okay. Tannins. I, I know about tannins now. Yeah. I like tannins because they dark and they remind me of black people. So <laughs> uh, um, the thing about it is about this cider is I can, like you said, a lot of people who like beer like this cider. I like this because I like beer. And just how it mixes itself up when you throw it into the glass, I really appreciate it because I've tasted it both ways. I've tasted it when we do it properly. I've tasted it improperly. And truth be told, it tastes better pour it properly so it just has more of that mix up it, it already tells you on the can it has the sediment in the bottom but you can't go around shaking up cans and then popping them and expecting them to do what you need them to do so um my tasting note is sour beerish there you go a lot of folks can contribute this to being something like a saison or something that has been uh, gone through butamyces, uh, kettle sour, if you're trying to go into a beer conversation. But really what we need to do is go into a wine conversation because they've gone on the verge of acetobacter, but really they've gone through a malolactic. So they've converted the, the malic acid into a lactic acid was what's really happening here. But yes, so, so to answer your question, Wild fermentation, wild yeast, it happens. This is a beautiful example of wild yeast. And sometimes you know what these yeasts are going to do, and sometimes you don't. And this will vary year to year. It's vintage, just like wine. So as the product, uh, you know, do they, if they make it next year and it's vastly different, is are they selling it as the same product? Absolutely. Okay. The only thing that really changes, they're using the same apples. It's just you're going to have different yeast in it. Absolutely. Or the yeast is going to act differently. And how the apples were treated throughout the year. Right. I mean, and yeah, I could see a it's similarity. It's just like wine. Yeah. The similarity of a grape from year to year. It could be the same grape, different conditions. It, it's 100% different. Yeah. The only difference is that in the U.S. you can't put vintage on the label because it's illegal. Thank you, TTB, for fucking that up for everyone. So this product embraces those changes. They don't necessarily... It, the consistency isn't, uh, it's not what they're going for. Correct. They, they want to let what happens, happens. And it's going to be. It's a living, it. breathing product. Okay. I like that. You and that mustache going to get it done down there. I'm telling you, you just bring that through. Bring that, that charisma, that, that this cider is going to do what it's going to do. You tell somebody that, I'm, I'm buying it all day from you. You win, I lose. <laughs> So after we deal with the yeast, we go through fermentation. And there are two ways to do fermentation. You can do slow and cold or quick and hot. And I'm talking about a two to three degree difference here. I'm not talking about brewing. I'm not talking about pasteurization. I'm not talking about anything crazy. I'm talking about a very chilled down, not the difference between lager and, and ale, because that's a much bigger difference in temperature. I'm talking about letting the yeasts act like pulpers versus letting them act like rock stars. So that brings me to another question. And yeah, 
uh, every degree, even within a nail, every degree is going to be different with how yeast is going to react, how it's going to eat the sugar, how, how long it takes them to eat the sugar. It, you know, simplifying it a bunch. But so with this, with, with cider, it's the same thing. You can have it. Well, I don't want to say same, but can you have so the same yeast, but you put it at a different temperature? That is going to vary the product yeah. drastically, yeah. just based it, on the temperature gets, that you're letting it sit. Yes, if it gets cooled down, they're going to react a little slower, and if it gets warmed up, and I'm talking about a couple of degrees, it's going to act a little quicker. And when yeast is stressed to act a little slower, you're going to develop more esters, which are the things that you smell, and if it's acting a little more quickly you're not going to develop that many esters and it's going to be uh, more focused towards the, the ethanol product so after fermentation and this can take anywhere from two weeks to three months to six months depending on how you're doing the fermentation then you're talking about racking and filtering. Racking is the process of removing it from its lees. Lees are dead yeast cells. And this is going to come really important on the next tasting. Lees are dead yeast cells. And so dead yeast cells, and if you, if you look at wine, resting on lees, uh, it's about being on those dead yeast cells and other bacteria. And, and so when you're racking, what you're basically doing is, I don't know if you ever had to do this when you were a kid, either one of you. Um, but if your car ran out of gas and you had to get the gas out of another car, you take a, a tube <laughs> and you put it into the gas tank and then you put your mouth on the other end of this tube and you suck in and hope you don't get gasoline in your mouth and it starts to go down and then gravity does all the work and you empty it into another container. Exact same process. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking I, about raffin. I remember doing that making beer. We didn't have a way to start that siphon process. It was, you know, making five-gallon yeah, batches. Gasoline, and, beer, same thing. Uh, a buddy of mine uh, just took a swig of vodka so he didn't contaminate it with his mouth. That was good enough for the beer we were making, I guess. Because, you know, you're gonna your mouth's going to have bacteria, so, and it's going to touch that. And, and it's, you know, you yeah. don't want to infect it before you start fermenting it. Yeah, same process. Yeah. I have the worst story in my mind ever, and I, and I I just can't hold it back. But one of the most, oh, I'm trying to think of how to say this and not say it terribly. Kelly Bundy, um, Christina Applegate. Oh, yeah. Can we make, like, put some sounds in there? Because whenever she showed up, they, they always cheered. Can we put <laughs> that in, in post or something? <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> she was one of my white people crushes. And who wasn't she? Come on. Well, I mean, she was just hot. But I'm saying some people are like, ah, you talk about a, a chick. And I'm like, oh, they didn't do it for me. That's all I'm just saying. She was one of mine. Her and Kelly Kapowski. Anyway, and they both like still look amazing now. And so you can tell how old I am oh if, my you, God. if you if you listen to this. Anyway, mm -hmm. point is I remember seeing her do that on an episode of Married with Children. Siphon gas? Yes. And I'm like, ooh, what are they doing? And I asked my mother, I'm like, what are they doing? And I said, you don't do that. Don't even think about it. And I'm like, well, what was I've so bad about it? I had to do it in a pinch. It's really dangerous. Yeah, no. Five-year-olds shouldn't do that. Yeah. Moving along. <laughs> Racking. After you rack, uh, you should filter... Or you don't have to filter. So there, you have two different options. With racking, so with the primor, uh, like the biggest percentage of what's going on in the must is pectin. 
And pectin is what's going to give it so much weight. It doesn't have any proteins like beer. It doesn't have uh, anything else. And so it's super easy to filter cider. You could just siphon off all of the heavy particles. Or you don't have to. But you could also do things like do a plate filtration, which is kind of like putting coffee through a paper filter. A filter, yeah. Mm -hmm. So after filtration, uh, and you can also do something really high tech, like uh, do a filtration that will actually remove yeasts, which is really cool and really nerdy. But after that, you can sulfite uh, to stabilize the product because sulfites stabilize and they don't actually make you sick. And anybody that thinks that sulfites are bad or wrong. And then if you want to make the product more sweet, you can do a thing called back sweetening. Back sweetening is adding sugar after fermentation in order to make the product sweet. It doesn't actually do anything else to it. Cheats. Uh, it's a cheat. It's a great cheat. I actually back sweeten my product with fructose. Okay. I add back 0.7 grams per liter of residual fructose. Okay. Because fructose just slaps stuff in the sucrose. But there's a difference between adding fructose and, and, sucrose. and, and sucrose. Yeah, they just slap different in the palate. Uh, so after that, you go into packaging and storing. And so after everything is said and done, unless you're going to go through a process of champagne method or keeving, which is the only last thing that I want to touch on, uh, nothing is carbonated. It's wine. It's still. The only way to get cider carbonated is to force carbonate it or use carbonation. the champagne method. So if you're kegging it, you just hook a CO2 tank up, pour it all in, and go for it. That's why cider is so awesome. Agreed. It's just wine, but cuter. I know. And with storing it, you can do it in 750 milliliter bottles. You can do it 500 milliliter bottles. You can do it 12 ounce cans. You can really package it any way that you want to because cider is so versatile. I had a question earlier. Cans are becoming ever more popular for quite a few reasons, I think. Um, Is there a difference canning versus bottling? You said for cider, it's versatile. Canning versus bottling. So canning is a different process. It usually means it's really the perception to the guest. If the guests see something in a can, they're going to perceive it as lesser of a value than something they're going to see in a 750 mil. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, It's because of beer that we're forced to go into cans. Cider has never been in the cans from 750s and 500 milliliter bottles for ever. We're going in the cans because the modern consumer wants a seltzer and wants a beer. So quit being bougie. Yeah. Yeah. Quit being bougie. Or be more bougie. No. And drink, put it drink in your a, cider. Drink your cider from bags from the sky. Because actually, that's the best way. I mean, that's how I like to drink mine that, from bags. Uh, I'm just saying. I slap my cider in a bag. I'm not joking. When you go www.skyder.com <laughs> and you see my face, <laughs> don't be mad. I'm just saying. I've got just contracts saying. for you all over the world, so. I'm just saying. Skyder. I, I got I to gotta pump this up. I mean, all right, I, so we're going to get into this last one here. I got to get the Bezos level somehow. Hold just, on, before you open it, can I read it? Or should I'm I read it there. after? Let me, it let me go with it. It has a top, and I'm. Is this cork and cage? Oh, I thought it was going to pop. No, you got to, it's supposed to sound like a, a nun farting. Okay, so this is a bottle of cider that we had to thaw out. Um, The distinctive sparkling cider is made in Somerset, England by the artesian method of keeving. 
Fresh bittersweet cider apples are partially fermented to produce a naturally medium cider without sweetening or pasteurization. Wild yeast, cold cellars, and the low nutrition orchards of Peloton are all key elements in the process. Light and refreshing, it is best served chilled as an aperitif or with food. To learn more about the art of keeping, visit www.pelotoncider.com. Hard cider made from 100% fresh apples, unsweetened, unpasteurized, served at 50 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit, contains sulfates. This is a bottle. It's black. It's Peloton. Some I'm sorry, Pilton. I see, yeah, Peloton. I'm thinking of the bike. Sorry, I apologize. Pilton, summer sweet Keeve cider, product of United Kingdom. Um, 5.5% alcohol by volume. I'll let the professionals handle pouring it. So, Pilton is the last thing that I want to uh, touch on before the uh, very last question and answer. Uh, so, this is done by a keeving method. Keeving. K E E V I N G. And what are your tasting notes? All righty. You want some? Sure. Cheers. Tasting notes. Oh wow, that one's Oh, I love it. It's different. It's my favorite. <laughs> awesome. Um, I it tastes like that jug of apple cider that I'm gonna buy from the fair that's coming up fall, and I'm just gonna let sit somewhere and blow up. I just want to make sure my kids don't get to it because if it's they got get tannin, to it, though, right? Yeah, I just don't want them to go crazy when they drink it. So that's the thing. <laughs> I, I like this a lot. This is this is my favorite that we've tasted today. Do you taste those tannins though? I do taste the tannins. It's dry, but it's wet dry. It's wet dry. I'm almost thinking like I'm like honey, mm-hmm. like some honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not spicy. Like it doesn't doesn't kick you in the doesn't kick you in the jaws. It's just there and delicious yeah i love this cider so this is coming from pilton pilton are some folks that do an excellent job at keeving and so keeving is a process that was developed mostly in france and a lot of french do it but not all french and it's not only done in france and pilton really does their backbone of cider on keeving and what keeving is is it's it's a stop fermentation process, so it's stopping the yeast. So cold is key. So after you go through the whole process of uh, pressing the apples, and uh, or before you go through the process of pressing the apples, rather, when you, you uh, mash them all up, you go through a maceration, and you leave that the apples like sitting before you press. And you do that for two to four hours, and that really helps with the structure of the tannins and oxidization. You can see how dark this is. That's oxidization. And after that, what you're going to do is you're adding these enzymes, which are PME or pectic methyl acetase. And what they do is they convert the pectin to pectic acid. Now that pectic acid starts to like glum up and glub up. And after it's at a certain point, you add calcium chloride and it forms this gel. 
And because it's so cold that the yeasts are struggling so hard to form the CO2 that it's a very slow process. What it does is it gets all these like gross globs. It's, it's really gross. These gels all come together and they form this raft. And with the CO2 slowly pushing it up, it gets to the top of the tank. And after 12 to 24 hours, you have the chapeau brun in French or the flying leaves, as the, French, as the English call them. And the chapeau brun is the brown hat. And after you measure that that is thick enough, you can probe it and siphon it and rack out the cider underneath. You have to be very careful with your siphoning of that because if you disturb any of that pectic acid that's con- like like almost like a, a scoby with uh, uh, kombucha. kombucha, thank you, uh, you have to make sure that it's not disrupted because it's not a single piece, and you pull the cider out underneath it, and then you pull that off and you start to ferment that. What the Chapeau Brune or the Flying Lees have done is it's actually taken out most of the nitrogen. Nitrogen is the nutrient that is very important for yeast to convert sugar into CO2 and ethanol. And so after basically killing off and malnourishing these yeast, what you're left with is a slightly sweeter product with a lower ABV because we've essentially taken all the nutrients from the yeasts. I just got one thing to say. Shout out to humans. <laughs> because whoever sat around and said, I'm going to make this stuff that you're going to drink, and I'm going to put a brown hat on top of it. Fermentation. And siphon it out of there. And if you mess it up and don't siphon it out, it's going to just mess up the whole batch. Shout out to humans. I know aliens came and gave us a bunch of technology and like made the Sphinx and the pyramids and all that. That's a conversation for another time. But humans are good at fermenting. We've done every single thing that we can ferment. We've done it and we no. still continue to do no, it. No, no, no. We because you told me Apple. Yeah, we were talking we're, about it. You told me you told me I had to have Jay-Z money to make some Apple stuff. Oh, just the flesh? Yes, that's what I want. That sounds like can I come peel some apples and make that happen? I'm just saying. Yes. Okay. Nick, do you have any questions? Uh, actually, a couple. Um, on your end, I, I want to know why you picked what you did and why we talked about them in the order we did. It- so the reason that I picked what I did is that I wanted to show you a clean inoculated fermentation, which would be Eden. And I think that the team over at Eden is doing an excellent example of a clean American inoculated fermentation. I wanted to do Gurutzeta because I wanted to show you that uh, the OGs, the originals of doing it, were doing it unfiltered, unpasteurized, wild. They, they, they don't really have the too many rules. Free spirit of cider. Right? Exactly. Free spirit. And then go into keeving because keeving is a, a minutia of a fermentation process. Cider makers will tell you that they don't actually know they, they have the the science of fermentation but it's a full art and keeping only works 90 percent of the time at CiderCon, i was sitting in a only 90 percent of yeah, the time That's it only works 90 percent of the time no i'm saying 90 percent is a good clip when you're trying to make money off it though that's it's probably a purely money-making product to me i'm sorry and i wasn't trying to take you off track but to me it's more of a i know you're trying to make money at the end of the day, but it's more of an art. It's total art, in my opinion. 
And that's what I think of Keating. And so that's why I chose these three, is because they showcased one side of it, the other side of it, and then this weird-ass thing that cider makers do, which is called keeving, that nobody really understands. Brown hat. That's Brown what I got. Flying leaves. I don't have a test, though. So, yeah. Nick, you already passed because you asked a question that was so phenomenal, and I don't even remember what it was, but I'm like, ooh, that's better than anything I could ask. So, with all that being said, Ambrosia, you are, like, just a genius. Steve said you need to stop praising me in these podcasts. He says he's going to stop listening if you don't stop praising me. And bros, you suck. There it is. Okay. There it is, Steve. Quit. You heard it. Quit. You heard it. Quit being so good at <laughs> cider and booze and alcohol and knowing about stuff and educating our listeners and all that other madness. Who wants to hear that? Nobody. Nobody. Okay. With that being said, Nick, you came on. You were slightly reluctant. I complimented your mustache that, that, that eased you out, that made you feel a little bit better. I was, How do you I feel was, now? Uh, good. Uh, you, when you complimented the mustache, I, I felt like I, I have a, a, you know, something, a, a backup plan if my cider test doesn't go well. So We'll uh, see. I'll uh, let put, you know, Seth. Put an application. You might get him. You might get him. <laughs> uh, I might have a new candidate. I <laughs> uh, can't wait. No, it was, uh, it was really fun being on. Thanks for having me. I do appreciate it a lot. We appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you in all seriousness. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining the show. Yes, thank, thank you for you. driving all the way up to hang out and be in Chicago. Chicago's a great city. It's, it's a great time. Um, with that being said. Hey, I found somebody to do our podcast. You mean? You it's being worked on. Okay. Or the, the website. Oh, the website. Yes. Because yeah. we always talk about that at the end. Mm-hmm. So. Um, with that being said, please let us know what you think. What should we dive into next? What alcohol, what booze, what libation? Please let us know. Comment, ask questions, anything at all that you have to say. You can give us feedback. We want your feedback. Tell us how terrible I am and how smart Ambrosia is. But Stop I gotta, it. I have to quit praising her. Tell Ambrosia how much she is just the worst. There it is. No, that's really me. But with all that being said, please reach out to us. We have an email address that we would love to read your emails at. It's at the designated drinkers podcast at gmail.com. Um, we're on Instagram at the designated drinkers podcast. We're on Twitter at drinkers podcast. And one day we'll be on Facebook. Yeah, that's all me. That's that's my fault. Sorry. And you know what else we didn't say that we usually say in every episode? What's up? Everything in moderation. Even moderation. So that's like Skyder from the side. Sky. I'm telling you. Skyder. Skyder. You look Skyder up. You're going to see my face. <laughs> Seth owns it. I own it. It's mine. Come see me. <laughs> if Begonia. You, if you want to get it that. Begonia. Anyway. I'll hook you up. Please visit our website once we get it up and going at designateddrinkerspodcast.com. We're going to have photos of what we what all we did. We're going to have photos of the booze, the cocktails, articles, blogs, vlogs, much, much more. We're just trying to get all that up. I know last episode I put a call to action out for somebody to come help us. And we, we got that. We have the help. So thank you to the listeners and thank you for everyone out there. I won't dominate this space anymore. Ambrosia, do you have anything to say? No, 
I don't I don't think so. Drink Nick, cider. Nick, is there anything that we um, should have asked you that we didn't? Uh, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Well, with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Talk to you later. Bye.